This is a fantastic opportunity. Love, can you hand me my phone? All my notes are on there. I'll have to down there. <laughs> it's best to write your notes down, but then I, I lose them all the time, and I found I'd lose my phone less, so I put them there. <laughs> and uh, so I, uh, it, I, this is one of the coolest uh, experiences ever, guys, I'm telling you, because uh, I was there. I was in the pews, you know, watching the missionaries. I know, knew I was going to, a, going to the mission field someday, and it's ridiculous to think that that was almost 20 years ago. And we've been on the mission field. I have a family, I have kids that are about to go to college. It's, it's ridiculous. But I, I, I love, I mean, the, the whole college experience. When you, when you give your life to serve the Lord and you, you form these relationships, it's, it's awesome. I mean, we, we have relationships. Brother, Brother Reasoner and I um, and Brother Mass and I, we, we all went to college about the same time. And, man, we, we don't get to see each other much at all. We're on, we're on the field or, or leading singing or... And so we, we got back and we were meeting each other there and it was, it was just sweet fellowship. We were all standing together, me and Brother, Brother Reasoner and Brother Mast. And Brother Mast is looking at Brother Reasoner with his child. And he's like, man, it's amazing how much he's grown and motions at me. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I have my diet Dr. Pepper in my hand. I'm obviously making strides. He had to comment on my size like that. I mean, yes, his kid has grown too, something about that, but it's, it's fantastic, man. I love it. And uh, I, I, I sat there in my pew after Brother Corley just stood here and cried a message, and I thought, man, I would hate to be the guy that comes up after him. And, and then I thought, Brother Reesner is coming up, and I, I've got to preach after that. And, I thought, you know, this would be difficult if it were a popularity contest, but it's not. Instead, this is like the most fun, the greatest thing you could do. I get, I get to stand here and preach God's word, bear my heart with other men of God who've bared their hearts and preach the word of God. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful fellowship to be in. I tell you what, it's, it, guys, there's, there's so many fantastic missionaries here. I mean, men that have been on the field longer than I've been alive, just to let you guys sink that in. Yeah. <laughs> I love making older people feel old. <laughs> but it's, there, there's so much wisdom and knowledge to be gained from just, I mean, if you get a, if you get a chance, you know, go to their tables and just soak it up. You know, they've got so much to give you, so much to teach, just the, just the smallest things. I had an opportunity when, when I was uh, in high school, before I was going to college. Uh, Brother Art Wilson, he might be familiar to you guys. There's a dorm named after him. <laughs> I was, I was, he was preaching a, a, in, uh, a revival meeting, and I had the opportunity to drive him to his hotel. And so I was, I was going to pick his ear for everything I could. And I told him I was going to college, and it was not this college. And uh, he said, well, look, let me tell you, brother. You just got to be like the cow. <laughs> wow, deep. <laughs> he said, you know, the cows, they're by the fence. 
eating up all the grass and sometimes it gets some thistles and things. You just got to spit out the thistles and just take in the good stuff. And I was like, man, and I've remembered that deep wisdom for forever. And it's, it's deep stuff, you think about it. And, you know, guys are going to give you a bunch of their opinions. And that's just those thistles that are nothing and you spit that out. And so that's my message for today. Thank you. I oh, know. <laughs> I'm just going to ditto what Brother Hart Wilson said and go on. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to the book of John chapter 4. I tell you what, guys, this is, this is a, a trip. This is fantastic. <laughs> not a, not a, it's a, <laughs> you shouldn't use terminology when you're not used to it. I've never said that. <laughs> this is a blast. This is a ton of fun. I don't even know what it's like to trip. <laughs> I'm just going to get to the word of God if you don't mind. John chapter 4, verse 35. I, I am, I am, I don't know if you gathered this already, but I am not the most, uh, I'm not one of those guys. I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm one of those guys that we, I, nobody knew who I was in college, and I loved it that way. I, I was on a singing group for three years, and we didn't even have names. I don't know if you guys even know who the men's trio was. Nope. <laughs> the mixed trio? Yeah, we had, we had me and two girls. Never heard of them. Although Charity, Charity Donahue, you guys know who she is? She was on the singing group with me. Is she here? No. Oh, she's over there? There she is. Yeah. She insists that it's called the Charity Trio. <laughs> She is very wrong. <laughs> but I'm glad to be the, the nobody guy. I'm, I'm, I love it. I just let the Lord use you and, and just give everything to him. So John 4.35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the, harvest, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. God, I thank you for this privilege. Lord, I, I do not take it lightly. And Lord, I pray that you'll just, Lord, use me today. And Lord, I pray that you'll just make yourself known. And, and Lord, encourage people and help. And uh, Lord, just completely take over. And I, I pray that you'll help in Jesus' name. Amen. John 4, 35. Lift, lift up your eyes. That's what we're, we're just going to focus on that little phrase. Lift up your eyes. Take your Bibles, turn to Lamentations. I know as college students, you're like, where's Lamentations? <laughs> no, you guys are great. You know where it is, right? Lamentations, it's in page 872. <laughs> in your Thomas Shane reference Bibles. Lamentations chapter 4, excuse me, chapter 3. In verse... 47, it says, fear and snare has come upon us, desolation and destruction. Mine eye runneth with rivers of, my eye runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without any intermission. To the Lord look down and behold from heaven. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Because of all the daughters of my city. Mine eye 
affecteth my heart. What you're focused on and what you're looking at is going to affect how you think and what you care about. I'm telling you guys this morning, if you weren't looking at the preaching that was happening here, a man pouring out his heart, if, if you were only looking, it affected your heart. You couldn't help it. Because what you see and what you focus on affects what you think about, what you feel. Turn, have you ever been to a fast food restaurant by chance? I know I have. And you know I have. But you've seen, you've seen the menus, right? With, with the, those pictures and, and, the, and the burger is just so, yes, I'm preaching on burgers. There's, the burger is just so big and juicy and, and, you know, the lettuce is, is like, it's got dew on it, and it's crisp, and the, the sauce is beautiful and hanging down, and the, the, I, I'm preaching right before lunch, I know. <laughs> I know what's on our minds. But it looks so beautiful, and you see that picture, and you go, oh, man, that looks amazing. And so you order that burger, and then you're disappointed because it looks nothing like that, and it's falling off, and the cheese is melting, and it's, it, it's horrible. Amen? It's wicked. Or we, we've seen, you know, Seen the commercials where they pull the cheese and it just looks amazing on the pizza. They thought, oh man, now I want pizza. Because what you see affects what you're thinking about and what you're caring about. And they know that. And so they try and make it look really good. The devil knows that too. He tries to make sin look really good. That's why too many people are drawn away because they see they're not looking where they should. Be careful, little lies, what you see. There's some, some depth in that song. Because what you see affects what you're thinking about. So this morning, take your Bibles again and turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, very familiar story. Very familiar account. Because this, this is something that actually happened. Just as Matthew chapter 14. And we'll, we'll start a little bit. We're... We're actually picking up in, in verse 24, but I'm going to give the before that happened. Now, again, you, you guys are aware, Jesus is traveling. This is the feeding of the 5,000, and Jesus is with his disciples, and it's late, and he's been preaching, and the disciples say, you know, maybe, maybe now would be a good time to send everybody home. You know, it's getting late. This is a desert place. Let's send everybody home so that they can go home and, and get something to eat. Maybe the disciples were thinking to themselves, we are kind of hungry, and we'll just blame it on the people. <laughs> we'll send them home. Because obviously, you can see from later on the text, they didn't have lunches either. And so they said, let's send them home to get something to eat. And then Jesus says to them, they don't need to go home. Why don't you guys feed them? <laughs> now, can I love Brother Mast. If, if Brother Gaddis came to you and said, uh, Brother, we had a, an emergency, um, everything we had planned for the lunch right. is gone. It, it, it all burned down. I need you to feed everybody here right now. Right now. They're sitting here waiting to eat. It's on you. <laughs> I think he'd panic a little bit, just a little bit, because he doesn't have his lunch on him either. And his lunch ain't going to feed everybody. And, and that's what they said. We, we don't even have enough money to buy food for all these people. And then they take stock of what they have and there's a young man of course that has his lunch and they give he gives his lunch to the to the Lord to use and I think that's a often skipped over miracle that nobody mentions. 
the fact that they got a fat man to give up, a fat kid to give up his lunch. <laughs> say, Brother Paul, it doesn't say he's a fat man. The kid had five loaves and two fish <laughs> as a lunch. What child eats that much for lunch? I mean, you, 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 your dad's here. You know you give your, ch your child a peanut butter jelly sandwich, two slices with some stuff smeared on it, and they'll eat most of it and then put it away. You'll find it underneath the car seat. And this kid had five loaves and two fish. He was a chubby boy. But he gave up his lunch for Jesus, amen? So Bubba gave up his lunch to Jesus, and they take it. And the disciples are like, but still, what is this among so many? And so Jesus blessed it and break it, and they divided his lunch into 12 baskets. Now, if you, if you think about this mathematically, there's 12 disciples, 12 baskets. There's five loaves and there's two fish. There's going to be five empty baskets. If you just put one item in each basket, you got five baskets with nothing. And so just to watch Jesus fill the baskets would have been amazing. I mean, how can you take one basket with this and just break it up? I, I, don't, I would have loved to have seen it happen. And the disciples would have had to watch and just go, whoa. Do you see what he just did? How did he get that much food out of that much food? That is in itself amazing. And then he passes it out. And imagine Peter taking it and he's looking at his basket. And he's looking at his section of people to give it to. He says, there's no way. I mean, we got, you got, you know, this dude on the end. He's going to eat it all. <laughs> and... And so, I, I don't know, as, he, as he's getting down and he takes his basket and he, and he says, okay, everybody, how much should we give them? Tom, they can take as much as they want. As much as they want. As much as they want. You see this guy? This is a missionary. <laughs> She's going to, all right, take as much as you want. As much as you want. And so, Joel just sits there and just shovels it out. I've got a little kid, you know, I've got a wife and I've got to eat for all of them. And so, he's going to out. <laughs> And he takes out all his food and he passes it down and it's still, and I'm like, I thought he took, how? I mean, you got to imagine, that you got to put yourself here. This is a real thing that happened. And it was there until you get the basket back. I guess I'm not coming up for refills. I got enough. You pass it down. Of course, you took just a little bit, of course. And then you come down and, and you keep going back here. And I'm like, I have no idea how this is happening. This is on. Believable. This is fantastic. This is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. This food is just multiplying in front of me, and I, I don't know. I, he's amazing. That's all you could say. And Peter got to watch that happen. And it's important. I think Jesus feeding the 5,000 was, you know, to help the people, give them food, but I think it was mainly as a lesson for his disciples. Because he needed them to watch. He needed them to see. And I guarantee what they saw affected how they thought. Because then we see in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 24. They're in a ship. Jesus told them to go over. And they're in the middle of the sea. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Tossed with waves. I don't. I'm okay with being on boats. My wife is not a fan. 
but um, tossed with waves is not a condition I would even be uncomfortable on a boat. I like the water to stay outside the boat. But here we're being tossed, and that, that is some crazy turbulence in a boat, just being tossed back and forth, tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, it's very dark, very dark night. Fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Again, fantastic miracle to imagine to see. It's nothing like the flannel graph showed it when we were in, in, in Sunday school. I'm telling you. Because there was a little sun right there and there was like one little wave. That's not the way it was. It's pitch black and it's crazy seas. I don't know how Jesus is walking on the water. A, because it's walking on water. But B, it's not just still small. I mean, did, did the waters just kind of still for like a little pathway? Or was he like hurtling over waves? Jesus could do that. Either way, I'm watching and he's out here walking. Fantastic. I mean, you, you got to imagine the way these things are. This is amazing. And Jesus is walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. <laughs> I would be a little freaked out also. I'm already troubled by the boat and the water that's coming in the boat and the being tossed in the boat. And now while in all this, there's somebody out there walking on the water. I'm done. I'd, I'd faint. <laughs> they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Manly, girly cries. <laughs> uh, you got 12 men crying out in fear. Peter, what are you doing? There's crazy. Pandemonium is going on on this boat. And Jesus is out here walking on the water. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. Really? Be of good cheer? It's pitch black tossing the waves, and there's somebody walking on the water, and that person out there is saying, Be of good cheer? Hey, cheer up in there. It is I. Oh. That itself just. Oh, that's. We're okay now. It is I. Be not afraid. And I can't help but imagine that Peter never forgot what happened that day. It's still in the forefront of his mind. I, I mean, I watched, I watched that missionary man just take all that food. And, and everybody else ate after. It's just, oh, God is amazing. And now here he is out there on the water. That is an amazing, amazing person. Boy, I want to be where he is. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. <laughs> and he said, come. I love to imagine that, that Jesus kind of had that, that, you know, that really pleased father look. Like, really? He gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody got it. That's, that's fantastic, but come on out. Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. 
to go to Jesus. Has anybody else here ever walked on water? Now, raise your hand if you tried. Come on. I know you guys have gone to your hotel swimming pools and you've tried running as fast as you can and you failed. Everybody has done it. There's no way you can't do it. But Peter did. And Peter got out and he was looking at Jesus. And what he saw affected how he thought. All he was thinking about is, I want to be where he is. <laughs> that is an amazing, amazing person. I want to be where he is. Until, as we all know, he got his eyes on something else. And his eyes affected the way he thought. He thought, I can't do this. What? I can't walk on water. You never were able to walk on water. But you were. Because what you were looking at affected what you thought. And now what you're looking at is affecting the way you think again. Man. Then if you take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. No, it's hard to turn Bible pages when your hands are shaking. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. I saw it. High and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, Lord of hosts. I'd say it's a little bit of a theme from this morning. To really learn to see God for who he is. The problem is, is that we get our eyes on our circumstances and our problems and our frailties and our qualifications. And we don't get our eyes on the Lord. And if you could get your eyes on the Lord, it will affect Amen. your heart. It will affect what you're thinking. So now we're back in John 4, 35. I want you to first notice that when he says, lift up your eyes, he didn't immediately say, hey, disciples, look at the fields. He first started by saying, lift up your eyes. Right. He started by drawing their attention to himself. Right. Have you ever done any, any uh, public speaking or taught a class or Try to teach a child. You ever heard the phrase, hey, look up here. You've heard that. You know why we say that. Because I need your attention. And when you're looking up here, I know you're paying attention. I know that you'll hear what I have to say next. And so Jesus starts by saying, hey, lift up your eyes. Look up here for a moment. I don't need you distracted. I want you paying attention. 
When you, has anybody here ever taught a, a, a puppy new tricks? What is the first, the first trick a dog, we ever teach a dog? Sit. Everybody said it. It's subconscious. The reason we teach a dog to sit is because we got the food and he's just looking all over the place, looking at the food, not paying attention. We need him to be able to sit still and look at us so that when I teach you next, you can go from there. But you first need to be able to sit still and look. That's why Jesus said, or why the Lord said, be still and know I am God. We need to stop sometimes. Slow down. Pay attention to where we're looking. Where's our focus? What are we paying attention to? If we're looking at the Lord, then that's going to affect the way we think. Psalms 123, verse 2. Psalms 123, verse 2 says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. As the servants look to the master say, what do you have for me next? What do you need me to do? I'm here to serve you. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Or the, the maidens, they, they look at their mistress and say, ma'am, what is it I can do for you next? Our eyes are supposed to be looking on the Lord saying, God, what is it you have for me next? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And when he has our attention on him, then next he draws their attention to the fields. He says, now that, look up here. Now look on the fields. Do you see the lost? I, I know you were, you were busy with all your other things that you have going on. And you have a lot distracting you right now. But hey, look up here. There is a lost world that you need to look at. And what you see had better affect what you think about. It will affect what you think about. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he had compassion on them because he saw them. If we could see the loss and their condition, it would affect our hearts. That's why missionaries, we have our, our displays. Because we, we would love to stand up here and tell you about our fields and, and tell you about the need for the field and, and everything. And, and, but when, if, you could, if you could see it, it will affect. You're actually thinking about it. You'll have a better heart for it. You see those people, you care for them. And then lastly, it will also get your eyes off of something. If you're lifting up your eyes, you're drawing your attention to, then you're drawing your attention from. Draws their attention from themselves from their own weaknesses, from their own frailties, from their mistakes, from everything else that, you, that distracts you from the world and all its distractions. Hey, if we can get our eyes on the Lord, it will get our eyes off of the things that it shouldn't be on. This morning, where's your eyes? Where's your focus? I know it's not 2020 anymore. The year of focus. And every church had a vision theme. And the focus of church got so out of whack. So it's 2021. It's time for a little bit more focus. Look up here. Look on the Lord. When you see what he can do 
if you let God use you, oh man, it's amazing. One of the best things to know as a Christian is that you can't. Man, that's, that, that's, that's the scary part. When things happen in your life where you're like, I, I, I don't know what to do. That's exciting. Because that's when the Lord completely takes over and shows himself mighty in your life. Meets needs that you would have, in ways you couldn't have imagined. Unfortunately, I've gone a little bit long. I don't have time to tell you. But just let God use you. Let the Lord take control. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for loving us. Lord, so many times we get distracted. We get our eyes focused on the wrong things. Oftentimes we're focused on ourselves. Lord, we mess up things by trying to do it in our own power, or we, we don't do things because we don't think we can, and we limit you. Lord, if we can understand that we can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth us, Lord, we could be a more successful, more effective people. Lord, we pray today that you'll help us to get our eyes off of ourselves, our eyes on the Lord, and our eyes on the field, on the harvest, and see the need, and be willing to do something about it. Lord, we pray that you'll help today in Jesus' name.